Hello, welcome to a special edition of Celtic Down Under uh, with Sean today. Uh, I've got a couple of special guests here. Uh, we've got Colin and Phil Strawberry, who are a couple of Evertonian uh, or Toffees fans who are going to help us uh, preview the game this coming weekend. Uh, just chatting about all things Celtic and Everton, I think, for the next uh, 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, getting ready for the, the Sydney Super Cup. How are you doing, guys? All good, mate. You? Not too bad, thank you. Yeah, a little bit dusty. So just, just straight off the bat, uh, I know it's kind of one of those questions that seems like it should have an obvious answer, but uh, why uh, why Everton? I'd say you've probably both got different answers to that question. Um, mine was because we were local <laughs> and we were the first team. So it was like just a family thing. A lot of my family supporters on my mum's side were Liverpool fans mm-hmm. and I just wanted to be something a little different. So I first went to Goodison. Uh, about 1973 and I was just like hooked Goodison was like it's great it was just brilliant and it was different so it was to me it was just that that straight away the feeling you get when you go to a club and it's it was perfect so it was like yeah full on heaven and then I think for Col it's because his, his dad was an Evertonian <laughs> the uh, child abuse to be fair and all that put him in. <laughs> so he got to see all the glory years and my heavens unfortunately so yeah would you have uh, disowned him if he'd been a Liverpool fan? Oh God, yeah, yeah. I've got, <laughs> yeah, I've got um, son-in-laws that are uh, Evertonians, and the grandkids are all Evertonians, and that's it. There's no sway on that one. It's just how it is. <laughs> it's probably the first question when you ever meet anybody who's from Merseyside, and the first question you ask is blue or red. Blue or red, yeah, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I can empathise uh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, is there like an Everton supporters club here? Is there enough of you? I know one other guy. There's, that's... Yeah, there's a couple of uh, websites of people. I haven't seen that many podcasts, but there's been a few uh, websites about uh, Perth, Poms, and Everton and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's you get the other sort of expat that's that's doing it, which is really good. But then if you get sort of a local doing it, it's a little bit more weird because they tend to go from like now history rather than stuff that's gone on before and what's. The reason why it is as it is right now mm. so it's a case of uh yeah just finding a a decent website that you can enjoy mm. i think a lot of the podcasts we listen to like toffee tv yeah raw blue podcast liverpool echo no, they're the they're the main ones we listen to so yeah where, where would you watch a game normally at home or would you go to oh, casino yeah. or what yeah home otters yeah. i think it's because of the fact the time factor you know mm. um you know, at the moment, the games on here in in Perth are like a eleven o'clock at night. So if you get a five thirty kick off, it's what two or three in the morning. So mm-hmm. you tend to have your Saturdays sort of planned around that, really, isn't it? Yeah, but so many options. Yeah, yeah. So, so just before we move on from Liverpool, what do you make of the 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 friendly derby moniker? Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, it's a strange one. Like, I I can see from a financial point of view, you know, and obviously, you know, Celtic are a huge club, um, and the fan base is massive. It really is. You know, you. Sorry, I meant. I meant uh, calling the Liverpool Everton derby a friendly derby is what they they call it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I, know. I, I, I hear this. I mean, you do get you watch on TV and you hear on the uh, was it Jim Beglin, the yeah. uh, the greatest commentator in the world, so he likes to think himself. Um, you get to see ours oh, the friendly derby, but. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, you have families of blues and reds, but when it comes to it, it isn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's 
you know, he still has the passion, the fire compared to Rangers Celtic. I think there's a lot more, there's a lot more animosity in relation to St. Rangers Celtic, but still, when you come to Mayside Derby, it's it's, it's it's changed over the last say seven or eight years. It's got it's got more nasty than it used to be. Years ago in the seventies and even into the eighties, you'd get families sitting together, and that does happen a little bit. But you tend to get more outside the stadium now. Stuff going on that never used to be. It was more when we, when we left England. You know, the derby wasn't nowhere near as friendly as it was back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it changed. Yeah, I was doing I think some... some of the managers have helped. I think some of the managers that have come in, um, mainly from the Liverpool side, some of the stuff they've said, like, you know, call Everton a small club and, and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. And those kind of things just make it worse because the fans are the ones that carry that forward. They they move on and go to different clubs. But it's that, mm-hmm. like, then once someone says that, it's there and it's... I don't yeah. think uh, the Rafa Benitez hiring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's why he didn't last long at Goodison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a lot of, from what I read, a lot of red cards recently and these uh, so-called friendly derbies. Um, but uh, one thing that was an interesting parallel was that um, uh, Everton were started up as a, a kind of Christian religious club. It's, I don't want to say Catholic, but it was St. Domingo's FC. It was a Methodist. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, yeah. We had this conversation yesterday. Yeah, we had this conversation yeah, yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. because like I remember when I first went to Everton uh, years ago, we used to have the, the half and half woolly hat, and mm-hmm. half was Everton and half was Celtic. And then yeah. Liverpool was always with, with the Rangers side, but then for some reason Celtic started singing Walk On, which didn't like. <laughs> didn't well, have this, uh, yeah, because um, what was I going to say? The Liverpool were had this uh, anti Catholic uh, player policy the same way that. Uh, Rangers did, and I think yeah. Liverpool's was continued up until the seventies or something. Until they started yeah. signing uh, some players there. One one thing we do, even though we do have walk on uh, with Liverpool, we do both have it's a grand old team to play for. Is both a Celtic yeah. and an Everton song. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, 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 you'd know more about that going back. Like Phil, we don't really sing that so much anymore at Celtic Park, but that's certainly yeah. one that we've had going back a connection. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like um, I've always known from when I was from when I was younger. Uh, that it was always the Celtic were always closer to Everton. So when this this game came up, it was to me I was thinking, yeah, it's, it seems like a good a good fit, a good fit for Everton's brand is not not as big as a Celtic's is worldwide, but mm-hmm. especially you know around you know you come around Australia and you'll see a lot of Celtic shirts. I'm sure on the day there'll be you know possibly eighty percent Celtic fans compared to Everton, you know even more maybe, but because mm-hmm. like it is this it's, it's a big club, it's a mm-hmm. massive club worldwide, so. The followings there. I think the only... if you look at it, if you look at Everton as well is is the ambition is is obviously to get to the side of Celtic is is a that's a, that's a massive task. But with the, with the new stadium coming through, with the with the owners at the moment, which is questionable, and with the yeah. recent results and the recent manager changes, um, and the players and whether Everton can get to that, I mean, hopefully, I mean we'd like to think so, but. Pushing them out as a world brand market like Celtic, that's a, that's a hard thing to do. You know yeah, it's I mean? hard not to crash. So, so the new stadium's going to be ready in twenty twenty four, red and hold yeah. fifty two thousand eight hundred eighty eight people. So, the yeah. question is: Is uh, St Luke's going to move with you, or is that going to stay where it is? That's and, staying where uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. That's, not, that... that's got nothing coming. That's staying where it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went down there. I went back home to England back um, in May. And mm-hmm. I went down to Bramley Moor, which is the new stadium, and it's fantastic. You know, for mm-hmm. years of being at Goodison, and 
you know, obviously revenue is going to increase, but just the facilities that they're going to have and how big it is, it's 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 massive. You know, mm-hmm. it's just when you go there and you see the size of building up, you're like, it's really impressive, really impressive. Yeah. And Goodison's a lovely ground that's got great memories, but it's just not fit. Wooden chairs still. Yeah. Some of it's wooden. Uh, you go in there and if you haven't been to Goodison Park, it's old. And you can definitely tell it's old. Yeah. Um, and it's still, you know, as, as you know, my dad said, you know, it's got a lot of history behind it, but for everything to move forward, yeah. um, you have to start looking bigger. And where it's located, right on Bramley Moor, right on the River Mersey, it's it's going to be spectacular when it's yeah. built. Yeah, and, yeah, and speaking of, um, the, for anyone that's not anyone that's listening that isn't aware, because I, I certainly wasn't aware, uh, Goodison has a, a church in the corner of their stadium, uh, yeah. like as if you can't get the two stands to join together because there's a church there, and yeah. you can confirm if this is true or not. But what I read was uh, Everton can't play games on a Sunday morning because of the Sunday services. Is that correct? That used to be, yeah, it used to be for a long time. I don't know if that's changed now, but for a long time, yeah, it was like you couldn't get a game of goodness on a Sunday morning. That's why I think it changed a lot when Sky came in and Sky was sort of dictating the money and where, you know, Everton had to play on a Sunday. It was like they tried to move the derby a couple of times to 12.30, but it was only because of the fact that service had finished at 10, like started at 10 o'clock and finished. But as you have with the recent performances, that's a good yeah. segue. We can we can talk about the current form. I did check on it. Uh yeah, 17th in the league after last night. Uh three wins and five draws from 15 games this year. Uh one yeah. win and eight in your last eight. And back to back defeats the Bournemouth, four one in the league cup and three now in the league. Uh talk us through it. No, thanks for that. <laughs> it's 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 a strange one really because we've had many discussions about it but I just feel that Everton have been so mismanaged for a long time a long time and we keep on chopping and changing managers every 12 months and what happens is the new manager comes in and he signed two or three players and the next manager comes in and we've got this group of players that uh, to say spineless is a bit harsh but they just, they just don't gel because they're not all following a certain pattern of play. So Frank's come in and he's tried to deal with it and he started off with defence. The defence was awful. It was one of the worst I've ever seen Evan in my whole time. It was just shocking. And I think he's brought a, a group of players that, you know, we've signed uh, Patterson from Rangers. He's a good young up-and-coming right-back. And Tarkozy and Cody at the back are amazing. So he's done really good and he's bought some good solid midfielders. But creativity-wise, we don't create anything and we haven't really got a goal scorer. Dominic Carvalho, for me personally, growing up with you know the likes of uh, Bob Latchford and Gary Lineker and Graeme Sharp, all of a sudden we've got somebody that might score one season 20, but the other season five, six, seven, and it's not good enough. We need strikers and we need creative players. Mm. And to sack him now, which would be the you know Ebby's calling to sack, which is you know understandable because the results are not good. But mm-hmm. we'd go back to being as we were, and who to replace him with? There's no one we can. We've gone through Ancelotti. We've gone through big names. It doesn't need that. It needs somebody that can have a vision. I would have loved Potter when we had the chance to get him. I think we should have gone then and got someone like him, someone who's got a vision. I'm not sure whether Frank long term. But I think short term he's doing the right things, but 
the results are not they're not great at the moment. I think uh, we I was um, we were speaking this morning and it was maybe it's just myself, but I think I feel like Everton have got this factuation that if you're born and bit in it, born in, you know Mayside, born in Liverpool, you have every every right and you possibly got this preferential treatment to play for for Everton. So we've got the likes of Tom Davis and Anthony Gordon, um, obviously homegrown. Tom Davis, I fear, personally feels right off, off the tailgate to the great goal that he scored against off Man City and then just produces mediocre uh, performances. And then you have Anthony Gordon, who had one all right season and then is now refusing to sign contracts, creating like mm. an unsettled environment and is starting to drink his own Gatorade if, just after mm. one season. Which is again, you know, if you don't want to play for the club, as you know, you know, the, there's a lot of history behind Everton. You know, we've never been relegated, which is, which is a pretty substantial thing. I mean, unfortunately, we've been trophyless for quite a considerable amount of time, which which is too long. Um, but you know, to go through season by season on a relegation fight after spending nearly a billion billion dollars. Is, is is inexcusable and, and you can start pushing and looking towards the managers and Frank Lampard or um, but it, it definitely comes back to, to to the actual owners of the club and we can stand here and, but if any other business any other business in the world or any other if you're bringing in wrong management and performance on there you end up getting fired and but unfortunately it's the owner it's mm-hmm. just it's just like I said it's, it's just Everton unfortunately I've got into the habit of we've had uh, in the 80s we had all the success in the 80s and it was a really good setup and everything else and then since then we've been left behind absolutely left behind by mm-hmm. City, United, Chelsea now Tottenham and Arsenal they've got bigger stadiums bigger turnover and they've left us and now we've got Newcastle and this is obviously Chelsea so the, the the gap between us and them is huge and to, to build that up to get there people think we can just buy four or five players and we'll be there in six months it's not like that it's going to take a long time for Everton to get back anywhere near that. To me, mm. at the moment, I'm always thinking, if we can get to 10th, 11th, which is awful to say that, I'm happy because I just know that we're so far away from them in revenue and what we turn over from Goodison, what, 38,000, and they're turning over 76,000. It's sort of like, in a way, having like, you've got Celtic who are getting like 70,000, then you've got, what is it, Cop, Kilmarnock, maybe getting 10, 11,000 per game. Your revenue is huge, oh, so your gap yeah. between them and you is massive. Yeah. So that's like us now in the Premier League. There is like definitely a top, will be seven or eight now, and the rest are just like scrapping for, so far for staying up. Yeah. So far from. Yeah. So we've got to hang in for two seasons, and in my own personal belief that we stick to, stick to it and get through, and then mm-hmm. when the revenue starts improving, maybe then we'll attract better players and better stadium and everything else that goes with it. But at the moment, it's 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 hard to watch. You know, it's, you don't you don't come away from the games thinking, oh yeah, this is turning and Everton are on the on the up. They're not far from well, it. Well, Wikipedia actually says, and I, I know that's a pub quiz question, uh, which two teams have never been relegated, but Wikipedia actually does say Everton were relegated in 1930 yeah. and 1951. So yeah, I don't know if it means that. never been relegated in the Premier League era or something, or yeah, it's just yeah, Wikipedia yeah. wrong. Yeah, no, that'd be right. It was only um, since I've been I've known them, they've never we flirted about two or three times. With it, but yeah. not really, yeah, not, not having that. Like last year was bad, and the, there was one time in Wimbledon, I think it was ooh, 80 something, and that was really bad. So, the, those are the bad ones. Last, last, season, mm-hmm. last year was the worst. I think that was, that was the worst because I just thought for, they were that bad. We've got to go get out. They were really wet. For, for anyone that's said before, he's done, he's done some good things, and you know, defensively, we're a lot better. I know mm-hmm. the last two games have been awful, 
But defensively, we've been pretty good. But we just can't score. There's no one in the team who takes shots outside the area and does stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, Colin yeah. Bradley Gordon believes in the you know, hype, I think. I think to give a brief, for 16 million. To give a to give a brief summary of the the history of uh, Everton's success, it's nine league champions, uh, last one in 1987. Last trophy in 1995 when he beat Man United 1-0 in the FA Cup. Paul Ryder goal. I still remember that game. Uh, and But the highlight, I believe, from what I'm led to believe, was the 1985 European Cup Winners' Cup. We had two yeah. Scottish strikers, Alan Gray and Graham Sharp up front. Uh, That's the so-called Howard Kendall era. And since then, though, since 85-87 League Championships, there's just been one FA Cup and... I think the highlight since then was a fourth place finish, wasn't it, with David Moyes to get a Champions yeah, League qualifier? Yeah, I think the eighties bond where you like when we won the Cup in this Cup and we won the league and we were in FA Cup. That team they had then was under Howard Kendall was massive. It was it was a great team, played great football. And mm-hmm. then obviously um we were gonna go into the European Cup and we were already league champions and cup winners, cup winners. And then Heisel happened and yeah. we all got banned for five years. And then that Everton team just got literally broke up. It was it was shit. Just manager left, players left because they wanted European football, and mm-hmm. the club never really recovered from that that era. It was you know at a time when we should have gone on further and further because we were just so good at that time that mm-hmm. it just. I think that comes out, and then I think that then breeds that reputation that uh, Everton fans are bitter. Um, but it's I don't know. It's like you know City at the moment, then being banned from from from. From Europe, and then having five years, and then all the players Harlem disappearing. Yeah, five years. And then you have to do that rebuild. I don't think I, I honestly don't think Everton has ever recovered since then. To be fair, no. Um, when you do lose great players like that, even like I mean, I know only Lineker came over for the season, but still, he's one of the greatest, one of the brightest talents at the time. You know what I mean? And then you've got to already can't play European football and then you bail. There you go. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's the money, isn't it? It's, it is that that money, and from you need like if you've got owners of the club. And they're going to invest in the club and have a vision, and that's that's it's so important. But we had Bill Kenwright, and his he had really no money. He was a fantastic Evertonian, loves the club. No, you can't deny it. But he just hasn't had the funds to to push Everton on at any point. David Moyes, David Moyes was scrapping around for for years with like little money to spend on a squad, and yet he'd done a great job with what he had. But if he'd had that kind of money that the, 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 our manager we've had over the last five years have had, who knows where we, we might have been a far better place. But mm-hmm. yeah, for so years. So you're, you're, you're saying you want Davy Moyes back then? Okay, I was never a great fan of David Moyes, but he he always, it was like if we were getting beat 1-0, he'd take the 1-0 rather than say, okay, put players on, we'll, we'll win, try and get 3-1 or we get beat 3-1, it doesn't matter. He didn't, he was quite... He's gone dour, but he's done a great job at West Ham, and they've had one half a season that's been bad, and he wants to do it to a second. So if he came available, I think he'd be one of the people Everton would be looking at. And same with Martinez. I think if Martinez leaves that Belgium after the World Cup, I think he might be a name that might come up for Everton again. Mm-hmm. But I've got, I've got a feeling that I don't personally don't think Frank will last. I think he'd be gone yeah. before the World Cup. Over yourself personally, I think they'll just. They'll look at it long term and just think that they can't be hovering around that again. But it's got to be the right one this time. It's got to be somebody that can actually really steady this ship and just. I bet that one before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that a couple of times. Yeah. 
And, and you're talking about uh, Hazel when you won the league and then you couldn't play in Europe because of Hazel. Yeah. And it was also, I also noticed that uh, Everton were champions when both World Wars started as well. Uh, yeah. so, you can, so it seems yeah. like... Uh, so, it's, yeah, another lucky team. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, it's like, it's oh, yes, we're the best team in the country. Oh, let's have a road war. Uh, and we're doing that again. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Let's start it off. So we're going to get near the top again. Start yeah. panicking. Yeah, something's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah, so, so let's look at the the current players that are going to be coming down to Sydney. So I've got on my list four Everton players going to the World Cup. Um, Pickford and Cody in the England team, Onana for the Belgium team, and Guy in the Senegal team. Uh, yeah. Celtic have got four going to the World Cup and Juradovic, Carter Vickers uh, for Croatia and USA, Maeda for Japan and Moy for Australia. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this is still current or not, but I've got injuries to Ben Godfrey, Mason Holgate, Dakuri and Andros Townsend. So how's the? how do you think the squad that comes into Sydney will look for Everton? Dakuri is back. He's, he's back in, he's been on, he played the, in the Bournemouth game, the 4-1 okay. game. Yeah, and he was on the bench uh, yesterday. Godfrey apparently is not far away. Townsend's not far away. Um, I think that yeah, Pickford's going. And we've got Begovic in goal, so they've got like sort of a decent. There'll be a decent team coming down, but and they've got some really good youngsters coming through. Mm-hmm. Cannon, mm-hmm. Cannon uh, Warrington. They've got some really good, and obviously they've got Garner with the side for Man United. So they've got some really good players there that will fill in. Um, but the worrying bit for, for me with the game against Celtic is he he put this this team out against Bournemouth and lost four one, and and Bournemouth made nine changes. So that mm. tells you that the players this second stream is not good enough at any level, and the players there some of them are coming like Michael Keane they're all coming to the end of the the contracts which they had huge contracts at Everton and wouldn't move on, so that's like dead wood grass get off. But you'll see when we play Celtic. The motivation for them is zilch. I want to, I, I want to know though. I mean, obviously, by Ange, I can't pronounce his second name. He's coming to Chelsea, mm-hmm. and he hasn't had. He's had some experience, but that's one yeah, hell of a step up to go to Chelsea oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then just absolutely dominate the league and have the whole. What What was the difference? What did he do? That, uh, that we were just such a jump, you know. What I mean? Yeah. Like, We'd lost three uh, of our first six games and then we still win the league somehow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I remember we, when he came, it wasn't like a big he wasn't like a big appointment with the Celtic Wanta, was it? No, well, we were what was supposed to happen was Eddie Howe was lined up and then um none of his backroom staff went or some of some or all of his backroom staff didn't want to come, so he just backed out at the last minute. Uh, so we ended uh, we went to the quick shortlist and quickly appointed Postacoglu from Japan. And uh, everyone was like, who is this guy? Well, not everyone, excuse me. Everyone outside of Australia was like, who is this guy? Uh, what's going on? And it, it bit of a shaky start because he started late. And then since October of last year, we've just been absolutely flying and just killing yeah. everyone. Outside is he bringing youth in or is it just signings or just using the same team? It's good signings, yeah. He's been picking players from Japan and uh, some other countries. You know, he's he's talked about trying to get an advantage by um, tapping into markets that other people aren't. Uh, and the, with the in that sense, Brexit has kind of helped because before Brexit, we had these kind of restrictive um, work permit policies or for signing players outside of the EU. And and since 
Brexit, uh, every player that comes into Scotland now is a foreigner and has to get a work permit. So it's kind of more relaxed rules across the board rather than uh, encouraging the signing of EU players, which is what has happened in the past. So that's kind of benefited us at the same time. The the players that you that you're going to lose for the game against Everton may be the may be big losses. So Carter Becker's Adam Boyd was quite good, wasn't he? I remember him being a few years back for Australia and stuff, and he was a, a talented, you know, tend to make kind of thing attacking mid. But I, I don't I don't think he'll be a huge loss. I think uh, our captain being injured, Callum McGregor, that's a big loss. Uh, Carter Vickers is the, the stand-in captain and he's going to the World Cup so he's going to be a big loss as well but I think apart from that there's no real great loss um, the one player that we have in common uh, in the current squads is uh, James McCarthy and he is pulled oh, his yeah. hamstring so he won't be playing <laughs> injured again is he? yeah he's injured <laughs> he was always injured forever and he was not <laughs> he was a great player when he played he was such a like combative player he was great but keeping him fit was the hardest bit of all you know what I mean? It's just, it was a different level for Everton. But when he when he did play, you know, he was a full on player, a really good he, full player. He was a very unimaginative signing for Celtic, and for some bizarre yeah. reason, we we signed him as a thirty year old on a four year deal, and everyone was like, "What?" Oh. And then, so we've gone for another two and a half years. Uh, oh, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what the what the atmosphere is going to be like though with the uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. Obviously, they got themselves a little bit of a. A little bit of a fan base there. Oh, it won't be nothing when Celtic go. I remember I remember years ago, we used to live by Chamber Rovers, and mm-hmm. your, the team you don't like to talk about came down to play Shamrock Rovers in the European Cup, mm-hmm. and they literally took over the whole town. They took like, <laughs> 60,000 down to Chamber. It was only like 15,000. It was crazy. So I don't know Celtic to say when they go to the big European games. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah. Um, how many uh, Everton fans should we expect to see in Sydney? What do you reckon? Oh, well, my, my, my son-in-law and me, my, my grandson are going, so there's two. <laughs> um, mm. I, was, I don't know. There's a few Evertonians knocking around. I'd say a couple of thousand, maybe. Maybe 2,000, something like that. Mm. 3,000. Depends, really. I, I don't even know from the Sydney side. I know from, from our side. We've mm-hmm. been to watch Perth Glory. We've all gone with Everton shirts. There's yeah. been a few knocking around. Yeah. But I don't think on the level what Celtic are going to have. Because that's why. Yeah, no. It's, it's a, a 85,000 seat stadium and it's not going to sell out, but I would expect Celtic to yeah. bring about 40 or well, something like that. Didn't, oh, they, didn't, yeah. they, didn't, they, uh, didn't they sell out the, uh, the G down in Melbourne when the, um, those lot across the park they came over and they sell, I think they sold out. I'd like to think Celtic are going to put Celtic, a, Celtic will, yeah. Yeah, Celtic could. I, I, I think, think Celtic would maybe yeah. be surprised. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, I think it'll be a sellout. I think it'll towards the day it'll be. Yeah. You reckon? Yeah, I think I think yeah, because you, you you'll get people that'll go that are just just to watch the just game. watch the game of football. But I think like I said with with Celtic's draw, it's yeah. Like you said before, when we do used to say about Celtic coming and Rangers coming into the Premier League, and people go, oh, they couldn't cut it, but it take about a year or two, giving them money that the Premier League clubs again, and mm-hmm. the pull of Celtic have, you know, they've got to. Know, massive following and so have Rangers but they've got this uh, you know when they go away they take thousands and thousands mm-hmm. and that's similar to what Evan do when Evan go Evan are one of the best supporters away teams in the Premier League we go mm-hmm. every game home and away and we're just like it's full you know you can't get mm-hmm. a ticket for any game we took 1500 down to uh, Bournemouth on a Tuesday night and it was just 
you know, unheard of. You know, for Bournemouth, they were like, you know, it's a cup games of third round the Carabao Cup. So whenever Evan go away, they, they do take a lot. And there will be pockets of Evan fans. But not, I don't think it'll be like 80, 20% Celtic fans on the day. Does Paul McCartney go to all their away games as well? You know, <laughs> he's a board, haven't he? Nothing, yeah. The likes of the black and all, and they all saying Jimmy Tarbuck, <laughs> oh, yeah, we love Liverpool. They've never been there for years. Yeah. Like, who was it? Was it yeah. Sylvester Stallone? Sylvester Stallone, yeah. Sylvester Stallone, yeah. And he's That's like, right. yes, he's like the newest Everton fan. Okay. So, yeah, he, so he, he was filming a, a movie at Goodison, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, one of yeah the... Creed, yeah, they filmed Rock, Creed Rock. with uh, Tony Bellew. And it was all like, you know, he was like, oh, I love Everton. It's like this and the other. Oh, it's never back since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Celtic so, so have got a few famous fans as well. You know, so. You've got Rod Stewart, haven't you? Uh, We've got Rod Stewart, yeah. The, fam- and... the famous Scotsman from London. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if someone came from my Facebook the other day, it was Rod Stewart doing the draw. Was it like the Scottish draw? Oh, yeah, when he was drunk. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, number one. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, someone's been on the Yeah, someone's been on the source. Yeah. It's so funny, yeah. There was a few Celtic fans played for Everton as well. We had uh, Pat Nevin was Everton. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne Rooney's yeah. an alleged Celtic fan. James McFadden, they all played for Everton as well. Yeah. Shane Duffy, five yeah, games Shane for Everton. Duffy, yeah, 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 he did, yeah. Now, he, he, he never got, he got a look at a Goodison at the time. I think he left and um, his career grew after that. But he had a spell mm-hmm. with you, didn't he? He came back up last year, two years ago. Yeah, we didn't do so well. He got kind of chased out of town, but uh, uh, yeah, it didn't really suit our what, style of play. What was shock coming to you was Joe Hart. Yeah. I, I just yeah, I think he was like, at one point with Man City, he was like you know, the golden boy. And then mm-hmm. he just tailed, tailed off going to Italy and everything else. And then, okay. so interesting how he got on the Celtic route. He's been getting some unfair criticism in the last few games, but he's pulls off some world class saves at times and he's just a great character to have around. Uh yeah. pretty experience lucky. Wise. Yeah, mm-hmm. experience wise, massive experience. So. so here's one have you heard of I'll see if you've heard of this uh guy. Uh we had a, a Lisbon Lion. So when Celtic won the European Cup in nineteen sixty seven we had a player that wasn't uh, starting that day uh but had played in previous rounds called Joe McBride Senior. And okay, yeah. the reason why he's called Joe McBride Senior is because his son, Joe McBride Junior, played for Everton. Played for Everton in yeah. 1978. He was a small slight winger, yeah, but really, really quick. And he was like, yeah, he was loved at he was loved at Everton, Joe McBride. Yeah. Interesting. That was like the time when I like said when we were we weren't that very good, you know, we were building up to it to the to Howard Kendall area. But Joe mm-hmm. McBride, yeah, yeah, remember him well. There was a few others. We had Bobby Collins, who played quite a lot of games for Celtic and Everton. Alan Stubbs, who left Celtic for Everton. Thomas Gravison. Uh, but apart from yeah, that, Tommy, not... Tommy G, yeah. yeah Collins really. was great. I mean, I, I like Collins. He was, a, he was a culture player. I think he was the time when it was a Paul Lambert and him when he played at Celtic. But he was a great No, no, player. that's... Oh, yeah. Actually, John Collins. I forgot about him. John Collins. Yeah, John Collins. Yeah, you had a share. John Collins. I had a John Collins. Tommy Gravison was brilliant. You know, he was like... A great player for Everton, solid, and, and that's the kind of player Everton loved. Everton loved like the piece of Reed that kind of got stuck in and, and won the ball and done all the dirty work for the, the more flair players to get. And we haven't had that for years, we haven't mm-hmm. had it at all. We've missed it so bad. And you need to have something like that, like the enforcer kind of thing. But it's the game's changed a lot now, it has. But I think that that Hugh Bellingham for England is coming through, has got that kind of stature in the game. 
at uh, such a young age, but we could do with someone like him, but I don't know, yeah. 20 years for him. <laughs> You had quite a lot. You've got a lot of players that have come from uh, the other side of the city, which is surprising given the kind of common history, you know, like Gaza. Uh, we didn't, well, I guess that was the other way, but you know, uh, Stuart McCall, Michael Arteta, Stephen Naismith, Duncan Ferguson, all those kind of players. David Weir played for both, Andrew yeah. Kanchelskis. No, yeah. lots, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, one, one of the, the sort of unsung heroes, you know, for me, for to come from that side was uh, Stephen Naismith. Mm-hmm. He was he was a great player, and and, and the stuff he done off off the pitch mm-hmm. as well for the community was just phenomenal. He was he was a great player, and he's and a great rock, person. Rock up on Christmas and just used to rock up oh, to yeah. council houses with the homeless. with the homeless bags of food, and then yeah. that, that was the thing. That he was, was great. Yeah. But he was he's such a good player. He come on for Everton as an impact player. But Everton mm-hmm. have a lot history with a lot of Scottish players, and obviously we had Walter Smith as manager for for, the, for a few years. So there's been that Scottish connection along the way. James McFadden. Yeah, he, he was went to Motherwell, didn't he? He was from Motherwell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And going that, going that route, but yeah, there was a, people. there was the one that played for Rangers and Everton uh, that lives down in Perth now, Gary Stevens. I don't know if you, uh, yeah, there's a nickname for him. We were saying on there now. <laughs> I, I was yeah. playing in his his fundraising game last year uh, when they had yeah, the, his, 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 his son who passed, sadly passed away, was it? Was yeah, he passed yeah, away, yeah, he went to, yeah, and it was Trevor Stevens as well. He ended up going to Scotland as well from Everton. Yeah, Trevor Stevens, oh, yeah, Trevor yeah. Stevens, yeah, they were, they were both up, but yeah, Kerry Stevens was, was a good son of right back. He was in that, that famous Everton team that were winning stuff and was part of it all. But yeah, they ended up going to Scotland. So there's been a few over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andy Gray, obviously. Yeah. So, so if Charlotte. somebody challenged you, who who would you say is your favourite ever player? If somebody challenged mine, you? Oh, yeah, just both of you, both Bob Blatchford. Bob Blatchford. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was the ultimate striker. He was strong, headed, volley, score goals for fun, and he was my idol as, as, as a kid growing up. I know we've had some more flair players going on, but he just like. As I played football as I got older, he was the fellow that I, I modelled myself on. I wanted to be like him and, and play with football like him. He was, a, he was just a, and I met him about five years ago, and I was much taller than I like we're seeing him now. He's an older. I was like, oh, Bob, he's like a little fella. Mm. He was the yeah, such a such a great player for him. He was. I don't know. Uh, I, I the, the 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 name that keeps on coming back in my head is Tim Gale. I mean, I grew up obviously watching him and mm. everything else, but basically, but. And then you've also we've always got you know big bad Dunkley Ferguson and everything else. That he was also part. Of, I was part of the generation growing him, growing up watching him. But Tim Kale, he had that moments of, of brilliance. He was amazing in the box. You know, he had everyone was you know terrified, and when when his head got onto the ball, um, but it's his little niggles that I used to love watching him play, winding the other team up. You know, he'd beat somebody up in the air, and then he'd pick him up and tap him on the back, and just he was a very very smart player. Um, and yeah, but oh Christ, I mean, his dad was Leighton Baines. He used to love watching Leighton Baines. You know, he was. He was yeah, well, kind of the old I know. I, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah. But, I think yeah, but you, you grew up watching the bloody eighties. Yeah. They won cups. I've, I've just got them just scoring <laughs> magical goals, and that's it. So yeah. it's all just child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm gonna flick it on the grandkids now. I know. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have it shared. It's like yeah, you're having the fans. That's it. Mm-hmm. Suffer like so, the rest of us. So, so apart from obviously being diehard Everton fans, is there any other teams that you kind of root for? Any in Scotland? Um, 
Not so much. No, I, I watch obviously it's, it's got football. I like watching the derbies, and it's one of the derbies I would have loved to have gone to see Celtic mm-hmm. Rangers. Without a doubt, that would have been like high on my list of doing it. Um, I used to follow Tramy Rovers by us where we used to live, so they were like in a obviously different division. They were my mm-hmm. favourites, and yeah, it's, it's it's sometimes difficult to like pick another team like in Australia. We know we close to Perth Glory, but I haven't got mm-hmm. that pull to. To say like oh Perth and my, my favourite team or anybody else on the side. It's kind of one it's kind of different. Yeah, go watch the games, but I'm not real get involved. But yeah. I didn't mind. I I don't mind Tottenham. I, I think it was Tottenham because of Gary Lineker, Jürgen mm. Kipplinson. You know, they had some great players and, and yeah, you look at them now, you know, they are a team there, you know, they had Darren Levy and you know, a lot of people have different opinions about him, but they have worked up and they are they are a progression. Um but I don't know. I mean, yeah, playing but, against them, obviously, you want to beat them. That's a, that's, that's a given. But yeah, I think we yeah, we, we grew up right next to the Champions Rovers, but unfortunately, yeah, a lot of those Champions fans had uh, Liverpool shirts underneath. When yeah, they were that doesn't help. But I think, yeah, like you said, Tom, I think if I had to go back as a kid, the other team we used to like, like watching on telly was uh, Tottenham with Glen Hoddle and all them. They were a special team there. So that was Hoddle and uh, Waddle and. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were great. Glenn Hollow was just like a, just on a different level at that, at that age. He was such a great player. So yeah, it's yeah, that they, anyway. They, they were always a kind of flair team that didn't really win anything in that kind of era. Yeah, you know, that's it. Yeah. So it was Yeah, we seen nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Do you but, know? Um, Poy, all great players, and but yeah, just oh yeah, not not really got the winning in the DNA. Do you ever think anyway. when when people say about Celtic and? Coming the range coming down to the Premier. Do you ever how do you feel about Celtic coming into Premier League and where you think how they get get on? To be honest, I'm I'm quite happy to stay. Uh, I'm I kind of don't see it happening. I feel that there's a kind of more of a top down uh, restructuring going to come with this European thing that's really going to yeah. make the kind of Premier League thing moot. To be honest. Uh, yeah, to be honest, even if they do start a European Super League, I'd be quite happy to just stay as is. Uh, I do enjoy okay. winning things. Uh, yeah, that's be, it. Like, if it happened 20 years ago when, like, the English football was... I don't even want to say, I know Man United were dominating it back then, so you can't really say it was fairer, but, like, it was fairer relative to other leagues in Europe. And um, it was more an interesting to me at that time. Uh, but now I just kind of enjoy... Like I'm, I'm enjoying just setting records in Scotland, you know. Yeah, that's it. I, I mean, I think a lot of fans would. If you're in a sort of way we are, like your like Celtic and Rangers are going to be the only two that's going to push for any kind of trophies, and maybe you might get an Aberdeen or a Hearts or Hibs every now and then get a cup. But it's predominantly you two, and I think what we've got in the Premier League now is very similar. That you know they talk about top four, and then as soon as someone like Liverpool drops us eighth, it'll be the top eight. It'll be whatever those the big clubs of Liverpool, United, City, Chelsea, now Tottenham and Arsenal are going to throw Newcastle in. It'll all be based on on that group of, of, of teams. And the rest of us have just got to scrap around. And we can't afford to to compete with them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the unfortunate bit about it. So every year, when people say, Oh, you haven't won since 1995, we haven't got the revenues to win to to get the players in who were, you know, we, we think we're doing well. And then now Newcastle come along and they're the richest club in the world. Yeah. And they yeah. are going to be bouncing for the next 10 years. So where do you, where do you pick yourself then? <laughs> the only way to upset the apple cart is to get that summon out oil money, right? 
that's it. That's the only way you're going to get it. Or this European Super League thing takes off and they all they all move on and they leave a load of us left behind. And I think I can honestly see possibly then there being a, a mix up with all the clubs with Celtic and stuff like that if Celtic aren't involved in it. Mm-hmm. But I think there, there could be something there because I think if you take Celtic and Rangers out of Scottish football, then it's it's dead. But Absolutely they, dead. I mean, growing up watching, you know, I used to watch a bit of Scottish football as well. But the difference between Rangers and Celtic and the rest of the league is massive. Do you reckon there's the, there's a possible way to bring that, you know, bridge that gap a little bit more? So there is a little bit more competition because they're, 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 it's always Celtic and it's always Rangers yeah. whoever wins the league. Yeah. It's the, yeah. the size, the, the ground, the size of the ground, and the fan base. You know, Celtic mm-hmm. and Rangers could, you know, like I said, Aberdeen and possibly the, the, the third team. Maybe Hearts. Uh, Aberdeen and Hearts are, yeah, pretty yeah. much. But it will never be bridged. Hearts. Nah. Yeah. yeah Dundee United for a while there, but it's, it's, it's yeah, game's a bogey. Uh, money's going the way it's gone now. Uh, they used to mm. split gates, now they don't. It's never going to recover from that. So, simple yeah. as that, really. Yeah. Right, guys, it's been great talking. Uh, do you well, have any me, yeah. messages for yeah. anyone that might be listening over in Sydney? Uh, that should go out yeah. on Friday, just before the game. No, we're just gonna hide. <laughs> I just checked the results some other morning. And go, oh god, no! <laughs> yeah, I've got a feeling. Well, it depends what anybody what he does with it. I think, yeah, there'll be a lot of youngsters playing for Evan that day because I think he's tried the the second string. So I'm just hoping we put a decent performance in and it's a good game and everybody enjoys it. That's the main thing. Going over, I'm confident time. you'll be welcome in the the Celtic bars. Ah, uh, they will be. Yeah, they will. That's one thing that'll happen. There won't be enough no no last stuff going on. There'll be there'll be a good good banter with a lot of them, I think. Yeah. I don't think there's any, any reason. There's not a history of any kind of uh, animosity, I think. I think Scousers and Scousers get on pretty well. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. So, we all hate the Tories. Yeah, That's it, mate. Yeah, oh. It's not always good luck to you lot anyway. Right. I'm not going to say I hope you win with the but honestly, I think the Blues will probably put up a good show and we'll be happy with that. Uh, I think, yeah, but I still, I still think Celtic will probably win like 4-1 yeah, or something. Yeah, I'll go more like 3-1 yeah. myself. I think with, with that, yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. These all think that I, I go against my own team. For the, I don't. I just see it as it is. I just think mm. we'll, we'll try a lot of young players out and he needs to try and find, get a formula together quickly. Um, if he stays. Being the optimist, I'm going 2-1 Everton against Celtic. Um, right. Anthony Gordon's going to, to, to shut me up. Contract rebel, Anthony Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's him. That's him. Oh, hi. Right. I've wind up there, guys. If anyone's still listening, probably not at this point, 43 minutes in. Um, <laughs> but thanks yeah, very man. much uh, for talking to us. Hopefully, yeah, no problem, uh, we'll go out on Friday just for the game and I'll send you a link over. Okay. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks.